0: Good morning. Welcome to Money for Nothing. I'm Brian Curtis. Asian and emerging markets are taking a pounding as volatility rises sharply. The yen scoots higher, meaning risk is off. The ECB says it might fight deflation by buying securitized bank loans. And investors wait on a slew of data, including Apple's latest earnings and a meeting of the U.S. Federal Reserve. First, a little tease for this morning's program. A few years ago, Montag had the great analogy of confidence. Uh, It grows at the rate of a uh, coconut tree and, and falls at the rate of the coconut. The Elusive Nature of Confidence. That's the Bank of England uh, Governor Mark Carney. We'll hear more from him and a few other central bankers later. Our guests include Francis Lun from Geo Securities, Francis Jung from Credit Agricole CIB on the currency markets, and the unfolding crisis in Argentina and Turkey as well. And also Barry Wood, our international economics correspondent, will be joining us as well. Well, let's get a peek of the markets here this morning. The Nikkei down 296. So that's about 2% at 15,095. The yen spiking higher. uh, So the yen now, 102.21, although it was down uh, in the 101.80 range a little earlier. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, today for you. In Seoul, the KOSPI is down 35 points. That's also a drop of 2%. And we see futures in Hong Kong sharply lower as well, uh, down about 1%. And contracts on the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index down 1.3%. Both of those gauges falling pretty sharply at the end of last week. The yen, by the way, has risen to a more than one month high versus the dollar and other currencies. And investors will be watching and participating as well in a lot of these emerging market currencies and stocks that have been hit pretty hard. So we say good morning now to our first guest, Francis Jung, head of rate strategy at Credit Agricole CIB. Good morning, Francis. This week will be a, a key one for a lot of reasons. And um, uh, in, in one thing in particular that, that I think played a big role in a lot of this uncertainty that we see around is the uh, wealth management products in China. This credit equals gold number one trust product uh, may, uh, may default. Um, uh, how do you sort of see things moving in these couple of days?
1: Mm, I think actually that could uh, point to the start of uh gradual and healthy adjustment in the sense that investors will no longer think that all these products are risk-free. So uh, they would take note that uh, there is a default risk um, of various wealth management products. So uh, they would uh, kind of like going forward price the risk more appropriately. Uh, i.e. they may uh, need even higher interest rates for them to buy into these products. So uh, initially, the process could be painful, but I think it's actually a healthy one.
0: Contagion is the problem, of course. If everybody just completely flees these wealth management products, it's going to put a lot of pressure on counterparties, will it not?
1: Um, I think actually the economy does need this kind of products uh, before uh, in the formal banking sector the banks are willing to really lend to smaller businesses so for now the banks are only willing to lend to SOE but then there are a number of smaller businesses uh, which they have to they do have productive uh, businesses but they fail to get the formal funding so before uh, banks are really willing to do so uh, which uh, would need them to uh, have a very good interest rate model to price the risk then the economy would need uh, some kind of wealth management product in order
0: to pull together the funds. The the worry for us, I guess, would be is Hong Kong banks' exposure, is it large? Um, You know, that problem of contagion that I talked about may not uh, extend outside of China. So a lot of people in the West might say, well, you know, we don't really have to worry about it too much, but could very well extend to banks here in Hong Kong
1: not really only happening in China, in other parts of uh, the world there are, but then uh, we don't really have a very thorough statistic as to how much uh, these kind of activities constitute uh, the overall banking system. So unfortunately I couldn't really reply your question about uh, if if Hong Kong banks are really that exposed to that.
0: Do you see uh, continued um, volatility in emerging markets and uh, and and thus uh, currencies in particular? Um, or do you think that, as you say, that, you know, it'll settle down once people realize that in the long run, this is healthy?
1: Uh, the overall the adjustment is uh, definitely painful. So uh, uh, talking about contagion, for example, if you look at the currencies, even in Asia, uh, uh, some other EM currencies are selling off and then uh, that would definitely affect uh, Asian currencies as well. Although the fundamentals here in Asia is, uh, appears to be quite different. So you can see markets are all interlinked. So uh, in the very near term, uh, definitely, especially ahead of uh, the FOMC meeting, ahead of the Chinese New Year, and then investors would like to Trim their positions. Uh, I think some price actions could be uh, accelerated.
0: What will you be watching the most closely this week?
1: Uh, definitely the FOMC, uh, because uh, now uh, market talks are that because of the market jittery, then uh, the FOMC may hold uh, back on their tapering uh, process. Our house field is still for a further 10 billion reduction and I would think that the markets, uh, especially in EM here, has already priced in that kind of gradual pace of tapering. So uh, even if uh, the, the Fed uh, decided to uh, taper further, I don't think there could be too much reactions. But uh, on the rate side, uh, Uh, The rates uh, continue to rise uh, because the expectation is that, okay, there is a confirmation that tapering would continue. So that is not only the implication for this month, but for the months ahead.
0: Yes, confidence can take a hit pretty easily. uh, And, you know, the Fed mentioned uh, financial instability a couple of meetings ago, dropped it in the last meeting. uh, So you wonder whether or not uh, they would be nervous about some sort of feedback loop, uh, i.e., emerging market volatility impacts back on the united states um uh, you know what's your feeling on that uh-
1: for now, the, the U.S. seems to be benefiting because uh, if there is any capital diversion, it seems uh, they are moving away from EM uh, back to the uh, developed world, uh, uh, including the U.S. Uh, treasuries, etc. So uh, I don't think that they are too concerned about uh, instability. As you said, they dropped the phrase. But uh, going forward, if of course if there is anything really more drastic happening, uh, they would be assessed. But we don't think that they are doing so at, at the current stage.
0: And how serious from your point of view was the weakness in Chinese manufacturing that was uh, pointed at by that HSBC market report last week?
1: I think that is um according to their own plan, uh, there's uh, a lots of plans about rebalancing the economy. And if they would like to do away with the unproductive uh, manufacturing area, then the over-manufacturing activities would naturally drop. So uh, we think that is also an adjustment that uh, the Chinese policymakers would like to see. However, if the adjustment is too rapid and if it affects uh, the labor markets, uh, definitely that would also affect demand uh, for other Asian products because there are a number of Asian economies that they export quite a lot to China in particular uh, Korea
0: seems like you're not uh, too nervous Francis Uh, you seem rather calm this morning Uh, if you look at all this um, volatility that has jumped up I mean the um, emerging markets ETF volatility index rose 40 percent in the two days Thursday and Friday but it just doesn't seem to you seem fairly unfazed
1: Uh, I think because uh, previously investors uh, were also quite optimistic about uh, selected currency. So, uh, for example, if you look at the near-term reactions uh, or this morning's reactions, even the one, uh, which has a very uh, strong fundamental, uh, it depreciates quite a bit uh, because of uh, the previous appreciation and also uh, the volatility seen. And then definitely uh, we have always been, already been quite bearish towards uh, the deficit uh, economy currencies. So I think that is not really Two of two of a surprise, uh, but what surprised me is that it seems that uh, overall this kind of EM sell-off sell off has been uh, kind of accelerating in all those news headlines. So maybe comparatively, uh, I sound relatively
0: calm. <laughs> okay, well, it's nice to have a calm voice. Uh, and obviously, I mean, a week or ten days ago, I mean, last week at Davos, uh, we were talking about um, you know getting at some of these uh, uh, deeper-rooted uh, structural problems, uh, inequality. Now talking about inequality seems, um, you know, so passe when you've got markets uh, going crazy like this. But anyway, uh, uh, so I'll let you go, Francis. I know that uh, you've got uh, other commitments early on in this program. So thanks very much, Francis Jung, head of rate strategy at Credit Agricole CIB. And we move now to Francis Lun, who's the chief executive officer of Geo Securities. Francis, good morning. Okay yes it's good to have you on uh, yes. t- talk about the worries of uh of you know these carry trades being unwound and yeah. actually if you look look at um the you know some of the people who were very much against quantitative easing were worried that this would one day happen that once <laughs> you know once the money starts to be pulled yeah. back uh you're going to see a lot of instability uh Definitely. and is that happening now Yes,
2: uh, well, uh, this is the equivalent of the crash uh, last uh, May and June. Actually, uh, uh, the uh, last, uh, I think it's June 20th, when Bernanke first said that the the Federal Reserve was going to uh, start tapering. I think it was actually
0: in May when he was talking in front of the Congress. Uh, Yeah, yeah. and
2: and uh, and, uh, I remember the Hong Kong market crashed 4,000 points from May to June. And the difference this year is that it happened much earlier. It happened something like... uh, Uh, Four months earlier now uh, happened by the end of uh, January and the market will continue for to maybe March and we will see the same maybe four thousand point correction. What's interesting is, is, you know, you didn't have yeah. any
0: Fed comments that, that caused this. What yeah, you had but basically, we have Fed
2: action. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, but basically, I mean, think about it. Last week, the two things that... Because I think that the Argentina situation yeah. and, and Turkey's there that wasn't really the cause so well, much. that's part it of the It was the reflection. Cause. The cause was the mm. WMPs in China and the weak manufacturing. Th- those were the two things that actually stoked this latest round. Yeah,
2: actually, round. they started it, but, but, but the fact is, when you... Start Start tapering when, when when you have liquidity drying up in the international market. The fund managers start to withdraw funds from uh, 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 emerging markets and and from equities and into uh, treasuries. Uh, last week you saw the uh, t- ten-year yield on U.S. treasury. Uh, uh, let me see. I think I falling from three percent to two point seven percent. Yeah. So so that is quite a drop. And uh, and and I think what what we have is we really the reallocation of assets, and then to to counter the shrinking of uh, liquidity, when everybody have less money to to spend, then then you have this happening.
0: It's it's. Uh, I know you're having a little trouble with your voice, so I'll give you a minute to drink some uh, tea. There, uh, it, it it is funny though how all of this does affect confidence. Yeah, I mean, you definitely. Look, last week, you know, you saw um, you know quite a few movements on the M and A front. I, I mm-hmm. bet that's going to slow down right now because you know people just see this kind of instability come back in a heartbeat, and it yeah. really gives you pause.
2: No, no I think M and A will accelerate because they value Asians. Uh, so cheap now. You look at the financials in China, they're all trading below book value. And, and, and you look, uh, uh, and, and actually, f- uh, some of these, uh, what you call internet plays, they are loaded with cash. A lot of uh, companies, they, they actually raise funds at the top of the market. Now, when you have uh, PEs coming down and valuations coming down, it's time for them to buy. So I think in February and March, you have acceleration of M&A activities. Yeah, that's
0: a good point because for those, you know, big, uh, strong... Uh, firms, I guess Tencent and Alibaba come to mind. Uh, I and mean, yeah. we saw this move last week, um, uh, on Citic 21CN yeah, uh, jumping right. 300 plus percent. Uh, and also Tencent moving on China South City. Mm. The, these are some examples, but then you also saw last week, uh, particularly on, on Thursday and Friday, mm. some of the small internet companies had gone up a lot, really got slammed. I
2: mean, yeah, 10, yeah, 10, 12, 15% in the day. Of course, I think they will keep on falling. I think what, what we are, is, will be uh, witnessing is a major correction. And I predict the index will fall below 20,000, I think, by the uh, by month of March. So
0: this is very interesting. You weren't saying this just two weeks ago. But, no. Um, I mean, you, you were still talking about a little bit of weakness, but now uh-huh. you're talking you a know, major correction. another 3,500 points. Yeah,
2: that, that's right, because sentiments change so quickly. It just took Argentina to stop defending its peso and for, for all to break loose in the emerging markets. And, and even the, uh, uh Russian ruble falling sharply and even the, uh, one, uh, uh, the South Korean government had to defend the one and you have flight into, uh, Japanese yen too. I just want to
0: go back to that question about confidence, uh, how elusive and how fragile it is. If uh, a week ago, all of the Davos talking heads, you know, the the big ones, you were talking Mm -hmm. about uh, you know the the uh, central bank governors and yeah. um, leaders uh, of the economy and the and politics uh, saying that recovery was the story of early no. 2014. <laughs> recovery in the global economies, the big established developed co- economies, yeah. was coming back and all was yeah. um, looking good.
2: Well, I think they're divorced from reality. That the reality is the confidence is, is still very weak with the emerging markets. When you have China. Uh, 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 growth uh, slowing down, it has a lot of effect on all the emerging markets, especially the raw material exporters like Brazil. And so it affect, affects everybody, even though I think uh, UK and US may be slightly better, but that is not enough to... Uh, to tr- to support the entire global economy.
0: Okay, well, um, it's interesting because we had the two Francis's on this morning. Francis yeah. Jung was actually rather calm and yeah. um, if not even sanguine. Mm-hmm. And Francis Lun, uh, you yeah, very <laughs> being very pessimistic and very nervous. Uh, yes, I right. think you, you, you could say though, Francis, I mean, if you look at the more positive side, you could yeah. say the uh, PMI number was just barely under 50. Yeah, and it, the official one could actually be back in expansion. And a little over fifty. Yeah. The wealth management products. It's it's not really that new. Uh, it it but, may but, but be that but the some sort of is
2: the study.
0: Sure, but a solution could be achieved. The uh, you know the bank and the state and you know others uh, could actually uh, come together. Maybe it would be a not a full bailout, but a partial bailout. We only have what uh, yeah five seven hundred investors in that product.
2: Uh, yeah, but 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 the amount is quite big. It's three billion yuan. Yeah. and actually it's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah,
0: five hundred million U.S. is yeah. a lot of money. Yeah.
2: So so so
0: uh, okay. So what do you do to protect yourself? Are you shorting uh, everything inside at the moment? Well.
2: Uh, Let's do, like the Joneses are uh, doing, a uh, flight uh, into uh, treasury...
0: Okay. So, so what so Treasury's going up, yields going down, gold went up, gold is now yeah. uh, gold up ten dollars forty cents here in early Asian trading, yeah, twelve sell equities seventy four. So you sell equities, you buy the yen and you buy the dollar and you buy treasuries. Yeah, that's right. That's the strategy. Okay. So mm. you sell the Australian dollar, it's now <laughs> it's now below eighty seven cents, eighty six yeah. ninety four. Mm. What
2: about the pound? The pound has shown remarkable strength. Yeah, yeah. I think surprisingly the unemployment went down to seven point 1%. I think Central Bank of uh can uh, have much uh, more room to maneuver and it actually can stop... Uh, 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 QE uh, will start to uh, taper
0: a little bit. Yeah. Well, you wonder whether that's uh, still on. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got actually some comments from Mark Carney, uh, mm-hmm. which I'll play. I'll let you go first. Uh, okay. But you know, if you're if you're interested, uh, stay stay in the studio there, and we'll move on to, to Barry and hope your voice gets better and hope you're okay. feeling better. Sure. Hey, thanks very much, Francis Francis Lund, He's the CEO of Geo Securities here in Hong Kong. Money for nothing. The time is now 21 minutes after eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will get to Mark Carney's comments a little bit later, but I wanted to cover this story. ECB chief Mario Draghi says the European Central Bank might fight deflation by buying packages of bank loans to households and companies. The move is uh, very much different from the QE that is being practiced elsewhere on a panel at Davos. There was this very interesting exchange between Mario Draghi and uh, the chair of of the uh, panel, which we'll get to in just a moment.
3: Our accommodative monetary policy will remain so. The interest rates will stay at the present or lower level for an extended period of time. And if any of these contingencies were to uh, happen, we are ready and willing to use all the instruments that our treaty allows. Would you like to enlarge on that last one? Not really. Buying bonds. <laughs> Not really. Not really, because, because you, know, you know what happens. If, if I discuss one specific instrument, the day after, markets are convinced that that's the instrument that figures as number one in
0: our list. Okay, so that was Martin Wolf from the FT calling him on that, saying, what, uh, what might you do? And uh, he later on went on to elaborate on just that, what he might do if the, if the situation warranted it
3: one thing is buying bank loans would you buy bank loans today so the issue is uh, and, and the issue for further thinking in the future is to have an asset which would capture and package bank loans in the proper way right now securitization is pretty i would say dead abs are not an instrument that is at the present time feasible, it might become so if regulation on this front will distinguish between ABS that are plain vanilla, that is to say easy to understand and price and trade and rate, from ABSs which are highly structured, opaque, which basically are being banned from the market forever, at least I wish so.
0: Yeah, Mario Draghi, the president of the European Central Bank, joined now by Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent. Uh, Barry, good day to you. Good day to you, Brian,
4: and uh, thank you for all that brain food. With Francis Lunn and also Mario Draghi and Martin
0: Wolf. Yeah, well, go back and listen to, to Francis Jung at the beginning because I know you weren't on the line then, but uh, she was actually quite um, uh, kind of calm in looking at uh, uh, these r- r- raging waters that we see. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm at a little bit of a loss for words, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just been quite a lot of tumult. Uh, you see uh, sold down 2% this morning, the Nikkei down 2%, uh, emerging market currencies and bonds getting ripped. Um, Anyway, uh, let's take a little bit closer look at uh, the world as it looks through the prism of the Fed's eyes and its meeting this week and other big events like Apple reporting later today.
4: Yes, we've got a whole slew of uh, corporate reports this week, and that's going to be, I suppose, something less important than the continuing volatility that is already starting in your part of the world. But um, you're right. We've got Apple. We've got Ford. We've got USX. We've got, uh, Cisco, uh, you know, this is, uh, this goes on and on American airlines. So, you know, we'll see how strong the U S economy has been and what kind of guidance these companies are looking forward. And as you suggest, this will be Ben Bernanke's swan song. This will be his last time chairing a fed meeting. And, um, Ms. Yellen will take
0: over at the end of the week. Yes, people will be looking at what the Fed says and whether or not uh, they start talking about instability in some of these financial markets and whether or not that gives them pause.
4: Yes, that's right. And whether they're going to persist with uh, another scaling back in the asset purchases or whether they're going to hold their fire. So, uh, you know, they've no doubt as they go into that meeting are going to be sobered by what's been happening in financial markets. This is, this is pretty dramatic.
0: What do you think they'll do?
4: I think they'll probably stay with the game plan because uh, I don't think they want to give any indication of uh, potential panic. And I think they want to test the markets as well. They've given forward guidance in terms of how they were going to scale things back. I think they'll stay with the plan at least for now.
0: Okay, what else is uh, happening now? I mentioned that last week we talked a lot about uh, inequality, but it seems kind of passe now with uh, some of this uh, turmoil that's that's there. But uh, are you expecting that when we see the next jobs report that um, we'll we'll quickly forget about December?
4: Well, I think so, Brian. That was probably an aberration. But, uh, you know, the long-term trend line has been very positive, and I think that's going to continue. But uh, let's face it, what happened Thursday and Friday in the U.S. equity market is worrisome. Or, if you are one who looks at long terms, you would probably say, hold it, we need a correction. So let's hope this is a, you know, a a rather minor correction. But, you know, you've had the market off 3.5 percent this past week. It was off the week before. If you go all the way back to the financial crisis in East Asia in 1998-99, you find that, uh, you know, the U.S. market was largely unaffected. There were uh, some uh, immediate drop-offs, but then a quick bounce back. I'm not sure we're going to see a quick bounce back this week.
0: This may be an example of what we see happening right now, that the recovery in the U.S. is sort of weak and is pegged a lot on the easy money, the quantitative easing that's been happening. And when you start to talk about taking it away, you see uh, a lot of um, you know uh, turmoil that comes in. And, for instance, you see these carry trades where people have borrowed money at very low rates. And now that they see that maybe this could change, that they start – Um, you know, they start uh, pulling the money back and they pull it back into the U.S. dollar and into the treasuries and and that that's just going to cause a lot of um, upset?
4: Well, that could be. We'll have to watch the currency markets. Uh, So far, the dollar really hasn't been greatly impacted by any rush into treasuries. We haven't seen uh, the uh, Europe. The euro go down uh, substantially uh, i know it was spoken that the yen could go up you know the yen has been pretty weak so i think it's it's worth watching currency markets here uh it's interesting brian that the 10-year bond has gone back down to 2.72 percent that's that's quite a drop in yield and um, i think that uh, the u.s economy is strong we're going to get a gdp report for the fourth quarter Markets are expecting the growth in the fourth quarter was at a 3.2% annual rate. That's pretty good. So I, I don't see much weakness in the United States economy, but I do see some vulnerability in the equity market.
0: We've got some Japan trade numbers uh, moving this morning. The trade deficit uh, widened in December somewhat unexpectedly. Exports grew less than forecast. Exports rose 15.3 percent from a year earlier, missing 17.7 uh, percent forecasts. Imports grew by 24.7 percent. Um, and the resulting trade deficit was about $12.8 billion. Don't know whether you want to comment about what's happening in Japan at the moment since you just mentioned the yen.
4: Well, I think, yes, Japan, uh, certainly according to the International Monetary Fund, is going to have a pretty good year. I mean, they're looking at 25 to 3% growth for Japan, and that's, that's a big bounce back. And let's not forget, they want to try to get that inflation rate up to 2%, but the IMF is skeptical. Brian, I want to ask you, what do you make of the fact that Bill Gross and Mohammed El-Aryan have parted company.
0: I think that is very interesting. Uh, I know that PIMCO has struggled a little bit of late, but Mohamed El-Aryan was the heir apparent. I saw an interesting um, uh, little uh, thought process expose that uh, Bill Gross runs a very tight ship as a former Navy commander, and, uh, you know, <laughs> this coming in at 4 or 5 in the morning and staying till 6 at night, uh, finally caught up with Mr. El-Aryan.
4: Yeah, I think there's a factor there. He says he wants better um, you know, work-life balance that may be true, but the performance of those funds in 2013 clearly must be a, right, must be a factor in this resignation. I guess. I'm not sure everything is all right between those two important people, but uh, we shall see where this is going.
0: Yeah, they've papered over it. Uh, in el Arian's comments, he said Bill Gross was one of the best investors in the world, uh, and Bill Gross said about Mohammed el Arian, I said, hell no, you can't go. But... Uh, yeah the, the truth will out at some point in future. <laughs> and yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much Barry. Got to go. It's 8:30. This is money for nothing. Many thanks to Barry Wood, our international economics correspondent. We Oh, yeah. Well, let's take a look at the markets here. The Nikkei down 400 points. That's a drop of 2.6 percent. Sold down 36%, uh, 36 points or about 2 percent. And Hong Kong is setting up for uh, probably 1 to 2 percent drops at the open. Who knows what happens after that? Weather today looking uh, right across the board. Cloudy skies, uh, some hazy conditions in the morning and a little bit cool. But uh, we'll get some sun later and we'll see temperatures moving up to about 20 degrees here in Hong Kong. Money for Nothing, the news is next. Here's Samantha Butler. The interim Egyptian president, Adly Mansour, has said presidential elections will come before parliamentary polls in a change to a roadmap agreed after the army ousted the Islamist president, Mohamed Morsi, last year. The announcement will further fuel speculation that the army chief, General Abdul Fattah al sisi will stand for president. Radio Australia's Hayden Cooper reports. In an address on state television, Interim President Adli Mansour announced the country will hold presidential elections first before choosing a new parliament. The move comes after another weekend of violence. At least 49 people died on Saturday's anniversary of the uprising that led to the first revolution in 2011. In his address, President Mansour